Welcome back to the Two Marks and a Spark Wrestling Podcast here on the Lock 22 YouTube channel. I'm Ben Shrewsbury. I'm here with Uncle Russ, the resident uncle of Lock 22 Productions. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about. What a week. Holy hell. Uh, so on these normal shows, we're going to have a segment called the News of the Week where we're going to just recap everything that happened that week. And let's start with that. Uh, the first big news of the week that I thought was going to be the lead story and all we were going to really have to talk about news-wise was Kota Ibushi left New Japan. Right. Now, I want to say we saw this coming. Uh, he'd been frustrated with New Japan for some time, frustrated with how they'd handled his booking as well as his recent shoulder injuries. So yes. it's not a surprise. What was yeah, I was somewhat aware of that, although I haven't been following New Japan closely. This week, I refamiliarized myself by going back and watching some of his, some of my favorite matches with him, just to kind of re familiar I, I know you're a lot more familiar with him than I am. I have been laying off in New Japan for some time, but I had heard on the news that uh, there was a family tragedy, and he took some time off in addition to the injury, and that uh, there was a lot of heat between him and the company as to how they handled that. Yeah, and there was a lot going on there. There was a lot of problems. Good for him for basically just saying, I'm going to get out of here and not causing additional problems on top of that. Right. Um, he did say that he doesn't want to sign a contract anywhere. Right. At least in the short term. Now people don't realize this because he does not look at, but Kota Ibushi is 40 years old. He looks a lot younger. Uh, and he hasn't wrestled in almost two years. Correct. So. Uh, I know Tony Khan has already come right out the gate saying that he wants to hire him if possible. But he's not going to sign anywhere. So he, he wants to hire everybody. But here's my thing with this Ibushi stuff, right? He goes and he immediately announces that, like, what was it? Five minutes after the New Japan press release that he's going to wrestle for GCW in March. Uh, yes. GCW, game changer. Right. Uh, right. I don't know. I think an opponent got announced. I don't have it in front of me. Let me grab that really quick. I read that he was going to be, he was booked to do two shows with them. Right. It's WrestleMania weekend. Right. Um, let me see here without screwing everything up. If I can. Um, does not look like they've announced his opponent as of this recording. We're recording this Friday right after SmackDown. Right. Um, now, I want to make it abundantly clear. I do not think Kota Ibushi is going to WWE. I doubt it. But here's my thing with that, and here's the caveat with that. I don't think it's impossible that in a year down the road, if he decides he wants to end his career in the biggest company in the world, if WWE continues to surge the way they are and numbers will tell you WWE is surging, I would not be surprised if Kota Ibushi turns up in WWE in 12 months. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I do not. But do I think it's a possibility because of how much money they have and because of the immense resources they have and the way that Hunter would probably push him? Yeah, I think it's... Well, he, was he ever with NXT? Did he do some matches with NXT? Yeah, he wrestled in the Cruiserweight Classic, the first one. Okay, right. Just a little... I know he was there just a little bit. But he was never under contract. 
correct. Okay, thank you for. Uh, I wasn't sure about that. Uh, I've been enjoying a lot of watching a lot of his old matches, and the guy could really work. You know, he's great. I I just worry about that shoulder injury because he couldn't lift weights for a long time. Now he's in great shape. Uh, the promo yeah. they used in the GCW photo is brand new, so he's in good shape. He looks like he's ready to go. I just. I did not know he was 40. But that shoulder injury he had, yeah. um, that would have sidelined anybody for over a year just because of how serious it was. So I I just, I I really hope that A, I hope he works Cardona in GCW. If, if that's where he's going and if that's where he's going to be, he, he should work Cardona because Cardona's not going to yes. hurt him again. I mean... Or, you know what? Cardona is, is uh, really looking good these days. I, his wife's back in WWE. I wouldn't be surprised if he is, too. Sooner rather than later. I, I think it'll be after WrestleMania if he's going back yeah. to WWE. Just because he's got a lot of bookings between now and then. But yeah. anything I would love for anybody new to show up between now and then. Huh? I would love for anybody new to show up in WWE between now and then that's you know, right after WrestleMania, they usually bring in some people or bring back some people. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, let's get into let's get into the leaping Lanny Poffo stuff. Uh, yes, Lance, I was I was sad to hear about that. Only sixty eight years old, not very old. Yep, this happened Thursday. Uh, a lot happened on Thursday, actually. But uh, this was kind of the big news of the day. Um, he was only sixty eight, like Russ said, and. Uh, the last of the Poffo brothers. So, I mean, obviously tremendous worker. They called him the genius for a reason. The guy could flat out work, and he was quicker than a whip. So, you know. Always a good interview, too. He did some shoot interviews that were always interesting. Well, he had such uh, a mind for the business. That was the. One of the one of the nice things that was said about him was the interviewer said that they would have to redirect him back to talking about himself because he'd spend most of the interview talking about his dad and his brother. And they said that was the kind of guy he was. He was always wanting to put other people over above himself, you know, very generous person. Right. Um, I do want to talk about the very briefly. I do want to talk about the earnings call from WWE from Thursday. Uh, This this happened the same day the Lanny Poffo thing happened. Um. But before I talk about that, because I had people telling me about this on Twitter, this Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff, like he reportedly rejected a match with Brock Lesnar. Okay. Well, I believe that. I don't think he was ever going to work a match with Brock Lesnar. That was never going to happen. Not this year. No. There's always a rumor about him coming back, and I... I don't believe it. You know, I don't, he doesn't have any reason to come back. The, the rumors ended up being true last year because they gave him so much stinking money and he wanted to wrestle one more time. But he right. said last year that that was it. He's done. And generally speaking, when stone cold says something, it ends up being true. Right. So Even if they offered him a ridiculous amount of money. He doesn't really need the money. No. He, he doesn't need the money, and I just... People just never want to... 
Yeah, you know, an awful lot of what you hear online about pro wrestling, there's some of it's just bullshit, you know, and lots of rumors about him. I, I, I don't understand. Do I doubt that they offered him a match for WrestleMania? No, I do not doubt that they offered him a match for WrestleMania. But I don't think he thought about it for very long before he said no. <laughs> yeah, well, just personally, you know, I don't feel a great need to see him wrestle again or The Rock, or John Cena, or any of the other great wrestlers from the past, you know? Let them enjoy their retirement. So, this earnings call. Worth noting, Vince McMahon was not present on this earnings call. Yes. It was Frank Riddick, Nick Khan, and Triple H. This is the first earnings call, and I don't know how long, without Stephanie McMahon. She's, she's been on... Even before she was CEO, she was on almost every single earnings call going back years. Mm -hmm. um, not a whole lot we didn't already know came out of this. Uh, right. Record revenue again. The revenue was for the fourth quarter of 2022 was $325 million for the fourth quarter of 2022. It's just incredible the amount of money that they are raking in. It, it's unbelievable. They also announced that uh, viewership for the Royal Rumble was up fifty-two percent year over yes. year. Yes, that was, and that it was one of the uh, one of the the best pay-per-views they've had in years. It's insane. I again, I don't doubt any of this. Right. But, well, compared but, to where they were a year ago, the programming is better. It is improved. It's not perfect by any means. Well, it's 110% so better, better than it was a year ago. Crap we were getting the last couple of years. It's 110% better than a year ago. And if Triple H has not proved that he can run this company without Vince McMahon sticking his hand in creative. Right. He's proved it. 52% uh, increase year over year for the Royal Rump, which yeah. is already one of their most viewed events anyway. Correct. The Royal Rumble brings back a lot of people, even if it's just for one night. So. Oh. Well, it's kind of the exciting time of the year now leading up to WrestleMania. But and then a lot, of, a lot of people, by the time SummerSlam and Survivor Series comes around, they may have, for one reason or another, kind of dropped off. But uh, it I don't think that's going to happen this year. surging right now. I don't think the drop-off's going to happen, or if it does, it's not going to be as serious. All right, they are surging, and 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 uh, their their programming is getting better. I still think Raw needs a lot of changes, but overall, they're doing much better. I'm pulling up the Raw viewership for this week, so we can talk about this. All right. So, Raw this week did 2.1 million. That is that's, way up. That's way up. But it is down from the 2.3 million that they did a week ago for the Raw 30 show. Right, but it, but this was a much better show that we saw this week. I thought. I thought so too, and I thought the main event was fantastic. Um, let's get right into Raw here. So let's do Raw January 30th, 2023. Yes, this was a good show. Yes, it was. We opened I'm up with. They were in Tulsa. I forgot to write that down. Thank you. Yep. That's that's the one thing I forgot. So 
The show opens with a Cody promo. This guy is so good on the mic. He is incredible. Yes, he is. And, and he knows how to respond to the fans. I mean, uh, I mean, the fans were into it. They were chanting, you deserve it. They were chanting his name. But Cody on the mic, he knows just exactly how to work that. His and for a change, he was allowed to make do a complete promo where he highlighted his career. And he talked about being a rookie in Ohio Valley Wrestling and thinking he would be a champion in two years. And then he went through all of the crappy gimmicks, you know, like uh, dashing Cody Rhodes and he kind of indirectly mentioned the Stardust gimmick and the highs and lows. And it was quite an interesting promo. And the thing I liked about this is before he was interrupted, he was allowed to basically complete his thoughts, you know. Well, he completed the promo, put the mic down, and his music started playing and got cut off. So Judgment Day comes out. Which which surprised me. I didn't expect to see Judgment Day. That was unexpected. I'm always interested every time I see something that I don't expect on Raw, I'm at least intrigued. So, <laughs> this looked like it was heading in a very bad direction and it ended up leading to something very good. Yes. So, they come out and it sets up for the main event, which is Cody Rhodes versus a member of Judgment Day. They do not tell us who until later. But uh, right. a brawl ensues because Edge comes out, because of course he does, because Edge has a lot of anger built up towards Judgment Day. <laughs> Yes. This results in a brawl. Cody and Dominic start brawling. That is a match I never want to see in my life. If I ever have to watch Dominic Mysterio wrestle Cody Rhodes, I might just change the channel. Uh, yeah. And thank God that was not the match. Yeah, and I, I thought that's... When, when he let off with uh, speaking, I was afraid that that's what they were going to go, is that we were going to get... Uh, oh, good Lord. Cody Rhodes versus... Uh, Dominic. Uh, Dominic. Now... If it was a tag match with like Cody, Edge, and Ray against the Judgment Day, I would be fine with that. Yeah, but I'm glad we got what we got though. Him and Finn Balor. And, and there was a lot of it. nodes to the Bullet Club. We'll get to that here in a minute. The first match we got though was uh, Chad Gable versus Seth Rollins in a U.S. Championship Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Right. They are really pushing these mid card belts. Right. And Chad Gable is such a good worker who has been buried with such a stupid gimmick. You know, every time they start off his music with that shoosh, I kind of cringe inside. We got a lot of talent. I love Seth there. Rollins, but I'm not a huge fan of the Seth frickin' Rollins persona. You know, if, you, if you're going to uh, play the part of being an insane, crazy guy, then convince the people that you're really insane. He He comes across like he's playing a part. Well, and here's the thing. This gimmick was originally for when he was a heel. Seth Rollins is not a heel. Right. Exactly. Well, and, uh, I mean, they're both good workers, but uh, I, you know, I predicted that Seth Rollins would win. That was obvious. You know, but... Uh, well, and here's the, the thing. Gable is... Uh, Even he's if... just... Hasn't been used right. Here's the thing. I think Seth is probably winning the U.S. title. That or Austin Theory is going to work with John Cena at WrestleMania. One of the two. Mm -hmm. um, but I I don't... Otherwise, If they're not having Seth win the title, which it certainly seems like they are, 
why is he in this match? Right. Is it to give him something to do? Could be, you know. Uh, I give this match a B minus. I thought it was really good. A lot of technical stuff. A lot of Greco-Roman. Uh, Gable, Gable did a lot in this match. They gave him a lot of shine. Um, get him away from Otis. Whatever you do. Right. Uh, and he, he using the pedigree uh, to finish it. Uh, I didn't think uh, the pedigree was going to finish it because of the Seth was selling his knee right before he did the pedigree, and then he hit the pedigree, and I was like, "Right, hang on, this isn't over." That surprised me. Because Seth hit the pedigree, went down on the knee, was selling for a long effing time, and then covered him, and Gable's dead. Chad Gable right. just died. All right. Right. Well, they've been burying him so much, you know. Although we on a, on the outside of the ring, we've got to see the round mound of meat. Yes, the round mound of meat, otherwise known as Otis. Right. So we go to commercial. We come back. We get that stupid news headline package that they do after every pay per view that I absolutely hate and wish they'd stop doing it because it just right very uh, predictable. Oh, it it's formulaic. Then we got a. Really not good match between Candice LeRae and EO Sky. Candice LeRae and EO Sky. This right. would start a trend of the night. The wrestling on this show was a little sloppy. Yeah, and then we had to have the outside interference by Bailey to uh, finish the thing up. It was very predictable. And I feel not like half impressive. of this match took place during a commercial break. Right. You know, isn't it amazing how they spent so long with their ring entrances, they ring the bell and then in less than a minute when the action starts, they immediately cut the commercial. And and I don't watch the picture in picture. I usually, uh, I find that to be just a real distraction and real annoying. Uh, you Very rarely do you see anything that great anyway. But I always wonder at the time at which they, they choose to cut away for the commercial, it seems like they should have something a little bit more compelling in order to bring the viewer back. Well, and here's the thing. The wrestlers know when they're going to commercial. Yeah. They are told when they are going to commercial. So why not do something really, really spectacular that's going to keep people on the edge of their seat? Well, that's what Rey Mysterio has done so well for so many years. When right. he knows they're going to commercial, he's going to do a big spot. So Candace and EO, they have a sloppy match. Yeah. It was there. It was fine. It was, and I like both of horrible, them. It was horrible, but it wasn't great. I like both of these wrestlers, but this match was not very good. Uh, and EO wins it on a distraction roll-up. Oddly sloppy. Shit finish. Didn't like it. We go to commercial again, but before we do, we're teased with Rhea Ripley making her decision. Right. This feels really soon. <laughs> yes. Um... And then we get her decision right away. She cuts a really good promo. Surprised. Go ahead. What's that? Rhea cuts a really good promo. Yes, she does. Uh, this might have been her best promo ever, and that is saying something. She also got a massive baby face pop on this show, which made That's amazing. no sense. She is a heel. Totally. People love her, though. Uh the opening line of this promo is it feels weird being out there without the judgment day, especially without, and I quote her little Dom Dom. 
<laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this company profounds me in so, so many ways. Not all of them good. He still calls her mommy. Don't remind me. Anyway. It could be worse. Uh, so she... So we're going to get Charlotte Flair. Which... Rhea messed it up in this promo. She said that she challenged Charlotte three years ago after Charlotte run the Rumble. Other way around, Charlotte challenged her, so. Thank you for that correction. Right. I... Why are we doing this again? And then, uh, well, and it, during the during the promo, she said that she didn't like things that were overplayed. <laughs> and then we're getting the same match. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Rhea officially challenged Charlotte. This is not going to be good. Right. Right. But then we also, after that, we got the setup for the rest of the slots. And, uh, you know, then, then the question becomes who's going to challenge uh, Bianca. Uh, Bianca. We'll talk about that later. later. Next we get... A Seth interview with Kathy Kelly where she asks him almost immediately about Logan Paul. He gets really mad and walks away. I think we're getting Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. I think that's pretty safe to say. Seth yeah. is a good worker. I hate Logan Paul. I hope Seth Curb stomps him into the ground. Anyway. Right. Then we got, speaking of a oddly dead match, Baron Corbin versus Johnny Gargano at a U.S. title elimination chamber qualifier. The crowd did not care. No, they were dead, and uh, I, uh, Johnny Gargano, you know, he, He's I've, heard him refer, I've heard him referred to as Johnny Same Face because of his lack of facial expression, and, uh, you know, he, he's one that I've never gotten really that excited about. People used to be a lot more into him than they seem to be now. The crowd was pretty dead for this match. Well, they were dead because it's Baron Corbin, and every Baron Corbin match is the same thing. Right, and JBL isn't helping. It's not going to get him over, I don't think. See, JBL could be a good manager if you put him with a good worker. The problem is, Baron Corbin is not that. I'd rather see JBL managing Dexter Loomis if he's going to manage somebody. Dexter Loomis was at ringside for this match for some godforsaken reason. I don't like yeah. I do not like Dexter Loomis. I did not like Dexter Loomis in NXT. I do not like Dexter Loomis on the main roster. I do not care where Dexter Loomis is. I do not like him. Ugh. This match, Gargano wins, thank God. Because can right. you imagine Baron Corbin in Elimination Chamber? I might just cry. Yeah. But it is another roll-up, and I wrote in all capital letters in my notes... Another roll-up, you have to be fucking kidding. Yeah. Not very innovative. Not very exciting. But uh, the highlight of this whole segment was after the match when Gargano stole JBL's cowboy hat. Right. This and was hilarious. Used the hatchet on it. Next we get, I think, the worst Raw segment of 2023 so far. Could be, possibly... I'm not saying well, it's the worst it. Raw segment ever. It was not that. But it was bad. No. The VIP lounge with MVP and Austin Theory. This sucked. Right. Well, yeah. I'm not a big fan of these segments. Usually not, you know. Uh, MVP is great. Austin Theory sucks. I agree. I always enjoyed MVP. 
The guy knows how to talk. He used to like to watch him wrestle. He was a good worker. And uh, Bobby Lashley. Lashley comes out and cuts this whole thing off and beats the crap out of Theory, beats the crap out of, accidentally hits MVP with a spear. Right. Because Theory threw him in front. I wonder if we're going to get Lashley versus Omos again. Could be. Could be. That's what we're dying for, right? I totally want to see that again. No, I don't. Moving right. on, we get a Balor promo backstage uh, on talking about Cody Rhodes, saying he's been stealing yes. from him for years, alluding to Bullet Club as well as other things, and, uh, you know, too sweet. And right. Finn started doing that before Cody did, so he alludes right. to all that. We get another... I was like, reminded of some of that when I was watching the Cody uh, Ibushi matches, you know, some of those... Uh, Cody was involved in some of those Bullet Club matches that featured him. and You know, I'd gang. really like to see a Finn versus a Bushi feud booked by Triple H. I think that would be really good. Um, then we get a Miz promo. I can't believe this guy has been with this company for 15 years. Thank you! I can't believe it. I can't believe he's still there. And uh, I've never gotten it. I never have. Am, am, am I, I the only one that wants to mute the television every time you hear his music? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, some people they must love him. He's been there for fifteen freaking years. Well, Miz comes out and he drones on and on and on about not being on Raw thirty and about being screwed out of a Royal Rumble spot and blah blah blah. Even though he's in the Royal Rumble, he came out at number three. Right. And the crowd does hey, not. He was the first one eliminated. And the crowd could not give less of a shit. Adam Pierce came out, thank God. I legitimately wrote in my notes, Pierce is here, thank God. At least he can get, get Miz to shut up. And then we got to see somebody who I had basically forgotten about. Rick Boogs is back. And right, they Rick extended Boogs. his name. Which was Boogs. Weird. Uh This was a 90-second squash between Boogs and Miz in a suit. Right. It was basically a comedy match. It was not offensive. Do not think this was the worst match on the show. It wasn't. Uh, it was better than the previous one with the women. Nah. Well, Boogs is pretty sloppy himself, so I don't know if it was better, but... Well, I don't get his gimmick either, you know? I mean, he's got the Ultimate Warrior fringe on his boots, and he's he shakes his head so much, you know, he looks like he's hulking up all the time, and he's if about ready to have a different damn gimmick, I think he could be cool. He's got the look. He's a good athlete. You know, he doesn't look that bad. This seems a little goofy. Uh, then we get a video package showing the finish to the Royal Rumble. Right. Uh, we don't get any fallout from this until SmackDown. We'll talk about SmackDown later Correct. on the show. And then Bailey, you're... Bailey's back. Oh, good Lord. Right. We're into the third hour of the show, and I, one of the things I, I noted here... That we're two hours in. This is a constant complaint I have about Raw in particular and the WWE in general. We're two hours in. We've had four matches, including two very short ones. And this is, you know, in contrast to AEW, which usually starts off with action in the ring. And ends with action in the ring. Right. In the WWE, we get lots and lots and lots of talking. 
and talking and talking. Now, there's a balance to this stuff that neither company really has. I think New Japan has it better than just about anybody. Mm-hmm. But, good Lord, I don't, I don't make a note of how much is left of this show until after this promo. Bailey comes out, she cuts a pretty decent promo bragging about yes. how damage control did. Uh, I want to mention that they mentioned Dakota Kai was hurt in the Royal Rumble. Right. And she apparently was backstage or something. But uh, Becky comes out and interrupts Bailey and uh, says she wants that steel cage match that she got screwed out of a week prior. Bailey says no. Becky insists on it and then drags a accosted Dakota Kai out of the back. Right. Exactly. And it threatened to beat her up more with a chair and injure her further. And this is the baby face. <laughs> you know, isn't it amazing that the heels get cheered by the crowd and the baby faces, they do heelish things. It's very bizarre the way things have changed. You know, you don't know, just don't, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I sometimes. don't know that this was heelish considering everything damage control have done to Becky. Like they basically yeah. haven't left her alone for six months. So right. I, I don't know how much you can blame the character for saying, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. Right. Well, I guess we're going to finally get the cage match. I wrote Next after this wrong. segment ended during the commercial break, I wrote, this show has 45 minutes left. And then in all caps, this show is still too damn long. Yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's like, it's like they would be admitting that they did something wrong if they went back to two hours which means that they probably will never do it. But I'm like, you should. It would be smart. The fans would love you for it. Well, here's my thing. I've been saying it for years. For as long as Raw is three hours, it is going to be very hard to find a balance between wrestling and promos on this show. Yeah. They've got tons of wrestlers that we never see. They could give us more matches and less talking, but the way it's formatted, it seems like they're just kind of stuck in a rut. I think it's the brand split. Honestly, I think that's the biggest problem. Uh, we get a Kathy Kelly interview with Adam Pierce where he gives us a whole bunch of news. Uh, he confirms Becky versus Bailey in the cage for next week. Yes. A women's chamber match is announced to determine who will face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. I thought this was weird. Raquel, Nikki, Liv, and Asuka all given qualifying automatically right. because they were the last four eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Correct. And then we get... Maybe two spots. We get uh, a four-way announced for Monday on Raw, which is Candice, right. Piper, Mia, and Carmella. And then Chelsea Green shows up and has a segment almost as short as her Royal Rumble appearance. Exactly. Taps Adam Pierce on the shoulder, says, are you the manager? Her gimmick appears to be a spoiled brat. She was great in this segment. Which is, which is not the most original gimmick because, you know, an awful lot of the female wrestlers just seem to be stuck on that, that persona, that stuck-up entitled bitch, you know? I, but she does it well. She does it better than just about anybody. Uh, then we got uh, Br Dolph Ziggler versus Bronson Reed. This was also right. a squash. Well, then also Mustafa Ali comes out and cuts a little promo on Dolph Ziggler, uh, who, you know, 
they were cutting him down about what a heel he was and how he, he he's so annoying. And I said, basically, when a heel really wants to piss off the crowd, he basically comes out and tells them something that's true. And that, that Dolph Ziggler just gets handed an opportunity for no apparent reason. You know, what has Dolph Ziggler done lately that would give him, that would qualify him for a shot at the, at the uh, elimination chamber? Basically, sat quietly in the back and waited for a match. Uh, Reed wins, thank God. Dolph Ziggler did yes. not deserve to be here. Bronson Reed did. Uh, Bronson Reed is, uh, I like him. The U.S. Chamber match, U.S. title chamber match now sits at Gargano, Rollins, Theory, and Reed with two more qualifying matches next week. Right, uh, which we get found out about backstage. Go ahead. We get an announcement that Bianca Belair is next. There was no right. Bianca Belair on this show. Oh, I noticed that too. Matter of fact, I rewound and said, did I doze off? Did I miss something? Because apparently it must have been cut at the last minute for time reasons or something. Uh, but she get, definitely did not show up. We get a Carmella promo that was awful and thankfully cut short by Asuka, yeah. who is appearingly to be turning heel. Thank God. Right. Uh, With the green teeth. Yeah, yeah, that segment was bad, but at least it was funny. Uh, then we got uh, a segment that sets up Montez Ford versus Elias and Angelo Dawkins versus Damian Priest for next week. Right. Uh, it would be interesting to see the Street Profits going against each other. How well, that would work. I don't think they're both going to qualify. I think uh, Ford would. I don't either. I think Priest is going to beat Dawkins. Um, so we get to the main event finally after about 75 minutes of commercials. Uh, right. Cody, Cody Rhodes versus, versus Finn Peter. Balor. Cody has a lot of pyro. Uh <laughs> Too much pyro. You could I mean, not the see was... the first two minutes of this match. <laughs> I know. It was so smoky in there. It looked like the way rock concerts used to look back in the 70s. You know, just a, a thick cloudy, a thick haze covering everything. So, this was a very good match. I thought so. I did right before this match started that I sniff interference and a lot of it. Because the entire Judgment Day was out there with Finn Balor. You know, they really need to do something about this Judgment Day thing. You'd think Adam Pearce would come out and say, you know, I'm kind of sick of all of my matches having interference. Right. You're banned from ringside. Yeah. Which they do that once in a while, but not often enough. It doesn't make any sense. To my knowledge that this, this match had never happened before. To my knowledge. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think it has. I don't remember it, no. Uh, we do but get then we got, then we got the uh, This Is Awesome chant, you know, which... which uh, Overused, the, but... You know, I, I'd i love to be at the, uh, in the crowd, you know, when they start chanting This Is Awesome, and just to be a prick, I'd say, No, it's not! <laughs> but this match was very good. Uh, it was good. Too much interference from both Edge and the Judgment Day. Everybody was just getting involved in this. Beth Phoenix got involved. Beth Phoenix. I'm like, holy hell, we got 10 people at ringside. Oh, my God. We got have, right. we got a quarter of the Royal Rumble out here. Okay. Um, well, I don't know what their plans are with Beth Phoenix, but uh, I, I look for them to have some. They're going to have to get some matches with her and Rhea Ripley. I'm surprised they're not putting her in the chamber. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, that never occurred to me. That would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, maybe she can't do it. I, I don't know, but I would assume it's going to be a tag match of Edge and Beth Phoenix against a member of the Judgment Day, probably Dominic and Rhea at... Dominic and Rhea. Got the mother and son duo there. <laughs> Could match. be worse. At least it's not Beaver Cleavage. <laughs> this Raw show... It was there. Then again, three-hour show, six matches. <laughs> It'd be better, you know? I mean, I keep track of that stuff because it annoys me. Uh, well, Russ, let's talk about something that doesn't annoy you. Let's talk about another show here on Lock 22, your comic show. Yes. Every week, look, go to uh, Lock 22 uh, uh, on YouTube, Uncle Russ's Comic Talk. Every week... I have approximately a half a dozen comics for sale. Got a lot more for sale, but I just highlight a half a dozen or so. And then uh, I also spend some time talking about things from my own collection that I like to collect. This week's last episode, I spent some time talking about underground cartoonist Robert Crumb and some of the works of his that I've been collecting lately and the controversies surrounding him. Uh, I talk about EC Comics, the horror and crime comics from the 1950s, which were so ghastly they provoked uh, congressional hearings about how comic books were causing juvenile delinquency and uh, delve a little bit into the stuff I like to collect and some of the history surrounding it. Invite y'all to tune in. And in addition, you know, Lock 22 Productions has a lot of other content with the uh, NFL, which is following the NFL. And uh, there's comedy on there. There's uh, all sorts of interesting con content. Invite you to tune in and give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Going back to the world of wrestling now. Yes, sir. We got a really weird dynamite show to talk about. Yes. This show was good, but it was weird. This show was based well, really weird. One of the things I like about AEW is they, they usually start, they even skip the ring entrances. They'll start and the bell rings and boom, they go. And we started off with John Mockley versus uh, Hangman Adam Page. This match was really good, but they went 25 minutes. Yes. Not bell to bell. They went from the second the show started right. to, what was that, eight-minute brawl? It yeah. On the floor, in the crowd, all around. I, I, Moxley's already busted open and bleeding before they even get in the ring. And then they ring the bell, supposedly to start the match. But even, even and, though the match uh, was half over. Exactly. No, it was a pretty good match, you know. It was pretty brutal. This match uh, was great, but it was the dumbest finish you have ever seen in your life. It was a roll-up finish. I thought I was watching Raw again. I got angry. Exactly. It's another quick roll-up, and that's the way they did it. I... Uh, we're getting another one of these, aren't we? We're getting Moxley versus Hangman 3. No, wait, that, that uh, would be Moxley versus Hangman 4, because this was Moxley versus Hangman right, 3. Exactly. Yeah, we're probably going to get more, because the way they ended it was with Adam Page being a sore loser and a crybaby. And John Moxley and, uh, being a sore winner. A sore winner, <laughs> exactly. Which was, are they turning Hangman or John heel? I can't tell anymore. They're it's hard to tell. They're turning one of them. I just don't know which one. Yeah. I I have I gotta admit that I am not as big a fan of Adam Page since he's been in AEW. 
I used to like him better in Ring of Honor. Uh, I just don't know that uh, he comes across that believable. You know, his promos, I don't think, are that great. Uh, well, and can we acknowledge... Can we acknowledge that Kenny Omega is the best world champion this company's ever had? I don't. Who do you think it is? I don't. I would acknowledge that personally. I would disagree with you there. Who would you say, Moxley? Uh, MJF. Well, his reign's still going. I'm talking about right. past, in terms of past reigns, it's Omega. Yes. Uh, I'm not a huge Kenny Omega fan. Uh, I don't know for sure. It might possibly Moxley. Not Chris Jericho. Jericho sucked as champion. <laughs> yeah. I Well, you know, I used to love Jericho. I think that uh, he's past his prime. <laughs> I think that's very obvious. But, uh, oh, yeah, I don't hate Kenny Omega, but just not a huge fan. You know, I liked him much better as a heel. When they brought in Don Callis to manage him, I thought that was a huge improvement. But here's the and thing. I really like the combination of those two working together. Here's the That's thing. when I really first began to enjoy Kenny Omega and AEW when he turned fully heel. That was world champion heel Kenny Omega was the best version of Kenny Omega, period. I think that's the best version of him also. Because and, you know, he's he really not that different in what he says or how he acts or how he wrestles. It's just a little bit different tone that he's a little crazier. I think it, that difference in tone just makes him a little better. But we were talking about how Seth Rollins doesn't play the crazy that well. Kenny Omega plays crazy beautifully. Yeah. He plays he crazy like he's crazy. And, you know, uh, one of the reasons, we haven't seen him that much lately, but I I always enjoy seeing Don Callis. I think he's underrated. I think he's a great manager. He's a he's really good talker. And... uh I think that Don Callis elevates the people he works with. I'm a big fan. Well, okay. We get Go ahead. we get Renee Paquette versus with not versus anybody. Oh good lord. Can you imagine Renee Paquette trying to wrestle? Oh no. Right. We get an interview with uh Renee Paquette, the bunny, the butcher, the blade, and Jamie Hayter. Right. This was fine. Renee Paquette is very good at her job, but it gets announced. The bunny. the bunny is decent on the mic. Jamie Hader is great at everything, but uh, this whole thing gets cut off after a match is announced for next week, which is right. Hader versus the bunny in an eliminator match. Hader's going to win that. Page or not Paige. Uh, what's her? Uh... Uh, Britt Baker, they've cut backstage somewhat frantically further backstage i guess to Britt baker right. getting the hell beat out of her by soraya and tony storm soraya yeah yeah i i can't keep these name changes sometimes like can't keep track of them all soraya formerly known as Paige. I, I was surprised that they turned her heel so fast it i don't think she's sense. a heel i think she's supposed to be the baby face yeah i just don't get it she's definitely not getting over with me Anyway, we'll, we'll see what becomes of that. We get a squash match between the acclaimed and Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. This was fine. The acclaimed are great. They're very over. Yes. Who, what was the name of that tag team? Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. Okay. I, 
I don't remember the name even being announced. I, I missed it, and I they didn't have any graphic up for him. They said it I know once. that I thought it was funny when they uh, they referred to him as the uh, bootleg Beverly Brothers. Well, that's pretty much what they were. Yeah, yeah. And you notice that uh, when he took that uh, that uh, foot to the chin, that first guy he had a little trouble getting himself back over over the over the rope backwards. Didn't look very good. Well, it was this over was very fast as it should have been. This was the classic uh, squash match. Yeah. Two jobbers you've never heard of. Exactly. Two guys that didn't stand a chance. They were there just for one reason. That's to get beat. And, and I, I I think that this family drama with the guns is kind of silly. And uh, I don't know where they're going. I, I hope that uh, it doesn't go as bad as I think it could. Wow. I just hate to see this kind of booking putting the stink on the acclaimed. We are getting, as a result of a post-match promo... That frankly made no sense to begin with. Right. Uh, we are getting now the guns versus the acclaimed for the tag titles on Wednesday. Right. I'm sorry, we're doing what? Right. What the hell? And this has something to do with uh, Billy Gunn's damaged relationship with his sons, which none of this makes any sense. You know, who's writing this stuff? Tony Khan? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good Lord. Okay. And, and the acclaimed, I really like the acclaimed, you know. I just... The I think guns are be... not winning the tag titles. Let's get that out of the way. Oh, no, no. There's no way. That wouldn't make any sense at all. I just wish that the acclaimed were used for better things. That would be like putting the tag titles on Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum over there. I, they're not doing that. That probably is not too likely to happen. Turbo Floyd, have you heard of these guys before? I think they've wrestled on Dark before. Okay. That's what Excalibur All right. said. All right. I, yeah. We go backstage to Marvez, who I despise. Uh, Alex Marvez talking to Jungle Boy. Who asks him what's next for Jungle Hook, which is one of the greatest tag team names, I think, ever. Um, and apparently nothing. And apparently it's over. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy says he's going to be a singles champion this year. I doubt that because Tony will bury him in six weeks. Um, I'd really like to see Jungle Boy get the TNT title. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, kind of seems like they've forgotten about him. Whatever happened to Luchasaurus? Is he injured? I no, can't he's remember. Healed. He's healed with Christian, remember? I, but I haven't seen him in a while. Well, it's because he's a heel and his buddy's hurt. Because Christian, well, Christian's probably going to be back before Revolution or right around Revolution. But then we got a very good match between Takeshita and Brian Cage. I thought this match was very good. Takeshita got a win, which was a pleasant surprise. And yeah, it was good. And and I'm not that sold on Brian Cage, but I thought he had a pretty good match with Takeshita. Well, Takeshita could have a good match with a broom. I'm fairly convinced. Yeah. So Because a lot of the guys that's worked with Brian Cage in the past did not make him look good. Then we got another freaking well, interview we, segment. With the Jericho Appreciation Society. This show was starting to drag at this point. I want to make that clear. Hey, is it just me or does Daddy Magic Matt Menard 
you know, the way he talks and the way he looks, he reminds me of the Nasty Boys. I think that's what they're going for. Yeah. Um, they announce a gauntlet. Gauntlet. For Starks in order to uh, face Chris Jericho. This is eerily similar to the gauntlet Jericho had to go through to face MJF a couple of years ago. I remember that. I remember that. That was that was a long drawn out drawn out bunch of nonsense. But I, I don't think did MGF any good. This that was will be pretty no, bad booking, you know. This will be no different. Well, at least we won't have we probably won't have any pizza cutters in this one. I didn't mind the pizza cutter spot as much as everyone else did, but <laughs> well, Pizza Hut was were the most offended by it. <laughs> you mean Domino's? Yeah, they they didn't like Domino's, it. right, right. Domino's pizza. Thank you. Then we got Kenny Omega and the Bucks on a basketball court. They challenged AR Fox and Top Flight for next week. How do you feel about the Bucks? I haven't talked about this prior. I hate them. I've always hated them. I've always hated them. I don't I don't I don't know what everybody sees in the Bucks. I I frankly don't get it. I get it with Kenny Omega. I think Omega is one of the five best wrestlers in the world, but I do not get it with the Young Bucks. Uh, I never have. I never have. And I think without the attachment to Kenny, I don't know that they get where they are. Because Kenny... They just, uh, they just do the same thing all the time, and they do way too much of it. But here's the thing. Think about them without Kenny. Think about how much worse that would be. Uh, right. You know? Then we get a match that we're not going to be able to talk about here because we didn't watch Rampage because we recorded this during Rampage, and we're recording this during Rampage. Uh, which was a trios tag title match between the elite Matt Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, and Isaiah Cassidy. I can guarantee you the elite won this match. Oh yeah, I'm sure of that. Then we got probably the best match on this show in terms of technical wrestling: Brian Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher. This Timothy was, Thatcher making his debut in AEW. This was great. And they both looked excellent. They both looked serious. This looked like a serious fight, which is what most pro wrestling in the modern era does not look like. This right. looked like a real fight. This looked like something where you could suspend your disbelief and get involved in the drama of it. I agree. It was the best match of the show. It was, it was probably the best match I've seen all week. This it's between this and the Moxley hangman match for me. Yeah. Um, Danielson wins with a bicycle knee. MJF comes out uh, to try and interfere in the match before Brian's able to hit the knee and uh, Takeshita. It certainly seems like we may be getting a Brian Danielson Takeshita tag team match at some point. I would yes. enjoy that. Oh, I would too. Uh, but it certainly seems like we are going to be getting Danielson versus MJF at Revolution. That match is going to be fantastic. Uh, too bad we'll have to sit through four and a half hours to get to it. Uh, Probably so, right. <clears throat> so MJF and Takeshita continue to brawl backstage after the match. AW Security separate the two. Or, you know, as I like to call them, the uh, marks backstage separate them. Right. Uh, Wrestlers did training. 
Renee Paquette uh, gets probably the angriest I've ever seen her and interrupts this whole thing and says that Tony Khan announced that next week it's going to be MJF versus Takeshita in a non-title match. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> It'll be great. I, I'm, I'm disappointed it's a non-title match because I generally think that every time the champion wrestles, the the belt should be on the line. I don't like... Uh, I don't generally, generally, there's exceptions to the rule, but generally I don't like champions having tune-up matches or non-championship matches. That's why, that's why Roman's Roman Reigns' title run this time around has been so good, because he's not wrestling random matches. Exactly. When he's wrestling I mean, for the title. I mean, back in the old days, back in the territory days, you know, a lot of times you'd see the, the, the champion would wrestle once a month. And, and other than that, you generally didn't even see him on TV except to do promos. Uh, we also got the announcement that it will be Roosh versus Brian Danielson. I'm sure that'll be a very good match. Um, yes, Roosh. Uh, yeah, I started watching him when I think it was Ring of Honor toward the end of their time. He he, he was doing pretty well there. And uh, MJF had the briefcase full of cash, that whole thing. Kind of a silly angle. But yet, I, I think it'll be a good match. Then we got, if not for this terrible SmackDown show that we had tonight, that I just thought was objectively not a good show, this would have been the worst match of the week. Um, but yes, I think there was a match on SmackDown that was worse than Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. This was terrible. Here's where you and I will disagree. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a, a great match, but I I like Jade Cargill. I don't. I think that I think that she started out pretty green. She's gotten better. And uh, one of the, I think she looks great. I think she's gotten better. Uh, the impression I got from her when she first started was that, you know, she had great finishers and looked very well, but yet she couldn't even throw a punch. Red Velvet is very good and carried this match as best she could. But poor Red Velvet, you want to talk about somebody who's gotten buried under the sand. Yeah, have, have, this is the first time I've seen her wrestle in a very long time. You want to know something? I want to I wanna go on a mini rant here, and I understand that this show is getting very long in the tooth, and it's only going to get longer. That's all right. But this AEW women's division, I want to go through some of the people that they are just blatantly ignoring at the moment. Um, and this is specifically in reference to the women's roster. Um, I get that there's a lot of guys that they're ignoring as well. But uh, specifically right now talking about the women's roster. Uh, we had a Jericho Appreciation Society segment on this show. Uh, we did not see hide nor hair of Anna Jay or Tay Conti. Right. I don't remember the last time Athena showed up on television. Uh, where the hell is Chris Statlander? I, I understand that she was out with an injury, but it's been a very, very long time. And and at the time that she got hurt and disappeared, she was doing some of the best matches. I thought she was going to win the title. Of her career, I thought she was really doing excellent. I thought they were pushing her for the title. Um, it sure looked like it for a while because she was coming on strong and really made a good impression on me. Where, very, very where, good wrestler. Where's Layla Hirsch? I don't know. Where's Mercedes She's Martinez? That's been completely missing in action. Where's Mercedes Martinez? I don't know. This all just... 
But we got Jay Cargill, 50 and 50 and 0. And I'll admit, even though I don't hate her, I don't dislike her near as much as you do. Oh, I'll admit the best thing she's got going for her is, is her look. <laughs> no, the best thing. She always, look, she always looks fantastic. She looks like she could grab you by the throat and beat the snot out of you. By the way, both the TNT and the TBS belts are just hideous. Both of them. They're just. Yeah. They don't make sense. They, you know, they have a belt named after a television station. How is that? AEW's got way too many titles. I can't even keep track of them all. They got so many titles. Okay, let's go through it. Let's let's go through it. We got <laughs> by the way, we still somehow do not have women's tag titles in this company. I want to make that abundantly clear. Uh, right. We have for some reason the AEW title. Right. The TNT title. Right. The, yes. the men's tag titles, the men's trios titles, the All right. Atlantic title, which that belt has no purpose to exist at all. And, uh, and uh, it, it, yeah, it's stupid. If they call it All Atlantic, and uh, obviously the somebody doesn't know it has never looked at the globe. Oh. They don't know anything about geography. We have, we have the women's title, which. Albeit, I like, it makes sense, that should exist. Very good, Tony. Then we have the TBS title, which is, at this point, the Jade Cargill title. That's all. Right. That's all it is. It's the Jade Cargill title. And then we have every single Ring of Honor championship, and Ring of Honor had a lot of titles. We got the pure right. title. We got the ROH tag titles, the ROH trios titles. We got the ROH world title. The ROH television title. Right. And I, I can't, I cannot get emotionally invested in that many different titles. That is it's 11 different championships that could be featured on a week to week basis. God. Once again, they're just trying to do way too much. And hey, by the way, speaking of Ring Arm, do you think that Tony Khan will ever get around to launching? a Ring of Honor program as its own brand. I mean, he's had the company for well over a year now, and there doesn't seem to be any movement toward that at all. I want to point out that if somehow this Honor Club thing, because they announced that Honor Club is back and that they're going to start doing TV on there, I want to know when they're going to tape that. Right, yeah. Unless they're going to tape it in Orlando at Universal, which that would be fine. I don't think anybody would complain about that but anyway after this crappy Jade Cargill match we get an update on Britt Baker uh, right with uh, with a pointless thing with Ruby Soho I don't know what they're doing there well I'm just glad Ruby's on television this is an improvement over three months ago where you couldn't find Ruby Soho if you tried um, yes then we got a very good match between Darby Allen and Samoa Joe. Yes. Yes, I enjoyed that. I'm a I I'm a big fan of Samoa Joe. I like Darby Allen, but I'm a huge fan of Samoa Joe. I'm very happy that he rewon that belt. I was surprised. I I I expected Darby Allen to win, but I was pleasantly surprised. I I thought that the Darby Allen in taking things to such an extreme 
exposing the, the boards under the, the ring and everything, under the ring mat. It ended up backfiring on him. And uh, I did not, I also, this is just my opinion, I thought that the thumbtack jacket was a stupid gimmick. It's like the one with the skateboard with the thumbtacks I thought was stupid. Uh, and it, ended up, <laughs> it didn't work out so very well, you know, because he couldn't quite get the thing on right. And uh, speaking of stupid, uh, this yes. match angle was not necessary. <laughs> with Wardlow. Wardlow is back. Uh, I don't know why he was gone that long. I don't think he was hurt, was he? Not that I'm aware of, no. So we... we... We get but it was a pretty good match, though. Uh, you know, it just like I said, the afterbirth or the after the match was was not that great. It wasn't necessary. They could have just ended it with Darby and Samoa Joe. But I guess apparently now they they we're going to get to see more of Wardlow versus Samoa Joe. I'm fine with that. But oh, good lord! By the way, I do have an idea. If they ever want to just get rid of some of these titles. If they're not going to do Ring of Honor traditionally on television, they could just unify all these AEW and these ROH titles. Yes. That might not be a bad idea. Now, regarding, I don't know what you do with the pure title. Maybe you could unify that with the All-Atlantic and just keep the pure name and just go to AEW pure title. All-Atlantic just sounds stupid. Yeah, I, I would keep the pure title rules for that, but I, I, I don't know what you'd do with... I mean... You could unify the women's title and the ROH women's title. That wouldn't be that hard. You could unify... Well, I don't know what you do with the ROH tag titles anymore. I I think those are done. I think they have to be. Um, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, well, the Briscoes were holding it, so that, what do they do now? With they, they either have to somehow find Mark Briscoe a new tag partner, which I would venture to say is probably going to be Jay Lethal, or they got to kill the belts, but they got to do something and they probably should have done it this past week and they didn't. So, oh, well, with, with FTR out of the picture right now, and they, who seem to be waiting out there, that's my far and away. That's my favorite tag team in the world right now is FTR. I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to wait out their contract till spring and possibly head back to WWE. I don't think it's that they're waiting out their contract. I think they're taking time off, but because I know they're both like pretty worn out because they've been working both New Japan and AEW and Ring of Honor. It's, right. a, it's a lot. I know they, they, they seem to be implying that, uh, you know, they might have one last run. And it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted to do that in WWE. I think it depends <laughs> on who's booking. Yes, right, exactly. Triple H could do a good job with them. Well, he they did could, do a good they, job with them. Think about NXT. Those guys were over as could be. Well, they, they were great in NXT, and then when they, when they were brought up to the main roster, it was just all bullshit. But, you know, you can thank Vince for that. Correct. <sighs> but anyway, in, in contrast, you know, in AE, like I said, in Raw, we got a three-hour show with six matches, yeah. whereas in AEW Dynamite, you get six matches in two hours. So... It's paced better. It's not perfect by any means. But overall, you know, it just a lot more in-ring action. And I do want to point out that Dynamite was the best show of the week. I know we're going to talk about our favorite show and our least favorite show later. 
Dynamite was the best show of the week, and I don't think it was close because this SmackDown show was a dud. Yeah, what could we say about it? Well, we opened up with a video package recapping again the Royal Rumble and everything right. that happened there. We get a prelude of what's to come, which is Charlotte Flair versus Sonya Deville. I'm going to go on a right. full-fledged rant about that match. That match. Sucks. One thing I would like to say is that uh, one advantage that WWE, in my opinion, has over AEW in commentary uh, is that they got a two-man booth. They're back to a two-man booth. And when you've got three or four people commenting, it ruins it to me. It, it gets too crowded. It's just like uh, legitimate sports, you know. You want somebody who's the technical person, the play-by-play, and then you want your color commentary. And I think the two-man booth for announcing is always better. Well, we got... I don't know if you remember this, but when Rampage first started for AEW... And they had that Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega impact title match, which I thought was a great match. And I talked about it on this show, uh, on the previous iteration of this show. They had five people on commentary for that match, including Don Callis. That is just unbelievable. Five people. I don't have to tell you why that's a bad idea. Right. That's just a bad... And it, Michael Cole and Wade Barrett are pretty good. Wade Barrett has gotten so much better on commentary. Yes. He was really not great in NXT, but Michael Cole... Was, I agree. He's improved a lot. But Michael Cole is so good, and we never knew how good Cole was because of the Vince being in his ear. But when you just let Cole go... Much him, better. When you just have him let it rip, Michael Cole is, he's good at this. Right. It's not good, however. I thought the match was good, but. Uh, this, well, we're in Greenville, South Carolina. This live. I remember, I remember when SmackDown was always taped, but they're usually live now. This crowd was hot to start the show. Uh, we got the SmackDown finals for the number one contender tournament for the tag titles. Right. This match was good. Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus Imperium. This was a good match. Um, it was probably the best match on this show, <laughs> though that's not saying much. Um, the wrong team won. I agree. I wanted I wanted uh, old Ludwig and uh, Giovanni to be the winners. I lo I love Imperium. Um, they're one of the best tag teams in the company. I think. I know that they're going to be pushing Gunther very strong, as they should. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, you know, uh, Tony Rhodes may have won the uh, Royal Rumble, but uh, Gunther was the MVP of the night. I think you could make a case that he basically stole the show in a lot of ways. The Royal Rumble, it was such an impressive performance from Gunther. Even, and Cole, I hope said that, uh, Even Cole said on commentary that was a career-defining star-making performance for Gunther, and it was. He, he, he was just unbelievable. Yeah. To me, that's the best, the, the lasting impression I came away from the Rumble more, Rumble more than anything else with Gunther's performance. It also told you that they're going to be pushing him. That, yes. When somebody Which goes 1 to 30 like that and almost wins in the way he almost won, right. Gunther is getting pushed. 
and he this made, wasn't like a horrible match, but I didn't like the finisher. I thought the finish actually looked really good, but the wrong team won. Uh, Ricochet does a swanton off of Braun's shoulders. This looked really cool, but the wrong team won. Uh, I and you know what? I'll I'll try to justify it, and here's my justification for it. All right. Maybe they don't want Imperium losing a title match. Maybe that's it. Maybe they just don't want the Usos beating Imperium right now. And Imperium will have the excuse, the heel excuse of Gunther got thrown out and that distracted them. Right. So it wasn't a completely clean finish anyway. Imperium looked really good here. Imperium looked very strong, even in defeat. Uh, I would make the argument that probably part of the reason Hunter didn't want to put him through was because he just didn't want to beat him with the Usos, which is that that's what he would have had to do anyway. Right. Um, because I don't think the Usos are losing those titles before WrestleMania. Um, I doubt it. I would be very shocked if they did. But you don't know what's going to happen with them. With uh, that's well, we'll get to that. But you you can you can justify Strowman and Ricochet losing to the Usos in a ten minute match. This match was 16 minutes. It was very back and forth. And you almost feel like whoever won this tournament was going to have to have a pretty one-sided match with the Usos. Um, So next week, we get the title match with the Usos. Which pretty much tells you the Usos are winning. Uh, I think so, yes. Now, had they waited for the Elimination Chamber for that, I think Imperium probably would have won. Just kind of going based off what's been going on, I think Imperium probably wins this if it's for the pay-per-view. But because it was just for next week, I think they're probably saying, you know what, we don't want to do Imperium versus Usos on free TV. And that's probably a big part of it is they they just don't want to do Imperium and Usos on TV. Right. And I can understand that. I can understand them saying this is too big a match. We don't want to give it away on free television. (laughs) Yeah. And it is a big match, so I understand that. But uh, uh, it is pushed on commentary, however, that this is an ideal time for a match with the Usos because of the uncertainty that we'll get to in a minute. Correct. We get a Kayla Braxton interview. By the way, Kayla Braxton is really good at her job. Yes. They had her interview. Charlotte Flair interrupted by Sonya Deville. This just sets up the match for later on in the night. And then we get the stupidest segment in SmackDown history. Maybe. I don't don't care nothing about NASCAR. I'm sure that there's some fan crossover between wrestling and NASCAR, but I couldn't care less. That's the whole reason they're doing it, because they're on Fox, and Fox has NASCAR. Though Fox has had NASCAR at least as long as I've been alive. I don't know about you, but I don't remember Fox ever being on anything other than, or NASCAR being on anything other than Fox, ever. Right. Um, Dominic and Ray had a race. I'm not sure if it was actually Dominic and Ray driving, but if it was, that is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Ray won. Uh, there was a pull apart. Dominic made Bye. a... Dominic made the dumbest comment I've ever heard in my life. I would have won if Rhea was here. Right. And I don't watch his mommy. I don't remember if he said mommy or Rhea, but either right. way, it doesn't matter. Um, we got 
a fine match. I don't want to call it bad because I don't think it was that bad. We got a match, match between Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville for the SmackDown Women's title. This match had no reason to exist, but it did, and it was fine. It was not bad, but it was slow, and they were not on the same page for most of it. It went 10 minutes, and Charlotte won with a figure eight big surprise. Yes. Not a surprise at all. Uh, Correct. My God. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Yeah. We go to commercial and we come back and we get a video package for the Men's Royal Rumble. Cody wins. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And we go to the Usos. We get the bloodline in the locker room. Roman's sitting there and Roman looks angry as ever. <laughs> Can we talk about how good Roman is, by the way? This guy sure. is just... He's awesome. <laughs> Roman yeah. Reigns kicks ass, and he was great here. Basically asks the Jimmy and Solo, have you heard from your brother? Alluding to Jay. Right. Um, then he brings up the fact that they have a title match next week, and Jimmy says he's certain that Jay will be there. I have a feeling Jay Uso is probably not showing up next week. Yeah, would shock me. I don't know how they're going to play this out. It'll be interesting. Well, I can tell you how they're going to play it out, but it's going to take them a while. Then we get a another match that was kind of just there. Uh, the Rolling Brutes versus the Viking Raiders. This match was good. It was short. Nine minutes. So, I, you know, I, here's another one. But let me rant for a minute about stupid and unnecessary name changes, you know? Butch. I mean, he's always going to be Pete Dunn to me. And the Viking Raiders, I still call them War Machine. I will say Sarah Rowe, Valhalla, whatever you want to call her, has added something to them. She adds an extra. But Sarah Logan, right? Yeah. Isn't that who that is? Sarah Rowe, because she's married to Rowe. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen her wrestle in ages. Uh, well, she did have a kid, so... You know, there's yeah. maybe not wanting to risk the injury. Well, uh, Viking Raiders won right. with the Ragnarok, which I think is an awesome finisher, by the way. That Ragnarok is great. Yeah. Uh, they hit it on Butch, clean and pin, middle of the ring. After the match, uh, we get a brawl between the Viking Raiders, War Machine, whatever you want to call them. Just don't call right. them Blake for dinner. Uh, right. <laughs> between them and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Um, I thought those two broke up, but I guess they didn't. Well, then we get a video package recapping the worst match of 2023. Oh, God. The Mountain Dew. I, I hope they got a lot of money from Mountain Dew for this match because that's the only thing they got out of it. And, you know, I can't believe that in Bray Wyatt's first match in how long? His first match since he came back. And I feel like he's already been buried. They recapped the whole stupid thing with the with the Uncle Uncle Howdy or whatever the hell his name is. Uncle Doodoo. Yeah. Oh, who missed LA Knight by ten feet. Um <laughs> Yeah. This was an abomination. Then they show a video package that I swear was just meant to be a jump scare. 
Uh, yeah. Bray Wyatt's sitting there in his rocking chair, and I thought, oh, are we going to get a good Bray Wyatt promo? No. Uh, Uncle Howdy walks in, puts his hand on his shoulder, jumps in front of the camera. They cut to break. Yeah, it seemed pointless. I would have preferred a Bray Wyatt promo, but, you know. Actually, yeah. Anyway, I I uh, I don't know what's going to come next, but uh, uh, these types of matches with the corporate sponsorship, um, it's cinnamon. There was toast something crunch. online which I hope is a phony story. It's cinnamon toast crunch. Yes, you heard about that. Is that a real thing or yes? I am almost one hundred percent sure that that is real. So we're going to get a cinnamon toast crunch match at WrestleMania. You know, I mean, if they got to have sponsors, why don't they get some cool sponsors, you know? If it was Bud Light, I don't think I'd care that much. Coors Banquet Beer, you know? Half Blue Ribbon. Hell. Wild Turkey 101. Hell, freaking get Pepsi to sponsor a match. Why not? Oh, wait, they already did because they own Mountain Dew. Never mind. That that doesn't work. That's right. PepsiCo. We got a blase four-way between Natalia, Shotzi, right. and Zelina. This was the typical WWE four-way. If you've ever seen a WWE four-way, you've seen this one. Uh, I was surprised that Natalia won. I don't look for her to win. Uh, anything. I don't look for her to win the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Shayna would have been more believable. Yeah, and uh, uh, Zelina. I I used to love her black long black hair. That's gone. She looks horrible now. That's just my opinion. So Natalia is now in the elimination chamber along with uh, Oscar and Liv and Raquel, and one other person uh, that I'm forgetting for some reason. Nikki Cross. Thank you. And uh, Piper. Oh, and Piper. Yeah, Piper. Yes. One more slot to fill, which will be decided by another four-way next Monday night on Raw. Which I'm sure will be equally as blasé. Be- only well, because- it's, you know, when they, they're not given much time, and it's kind of hard to do much when you got four people in the ring. It's going to be Candle Slurray, Piper Niven, Mia Yim, and Carmella in the four-way next week. Right. So Piper's not in the match yet. Well, I think she's already, she was already one of the ones... That was no, she's not. She's in the qualifier for next. Okay, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. See, there's so many names to keep track of. I get my old mind gets confused. That's why we take notes, right? Exactly. Then we get another segment in the uh, in the Bloodline locker room. This was the most babyface Roman Reigns has looked in uh, well, three years. So. He apologizes for the way he talked to them and then professes how much he needs them. And then we get a great follow-up to a great angle. Roman Reigns comes out to the ring with just him and Paul Heyman. This was great. Yeah. But basically... I thought it was pretty good. Basically, Roman talks about how he doesn't want to talk about Sami Zayn. He wants to talk about Cody Rhodes but the people are too greedy and want him to talk about Sami Zayn and he has to lower Everybody's using me. Everybody's just take, take, take for me. 
Yeah. And all he does is give, give, give. And uh, the irony of Paul Heyman being so good with Roman Reigns, uh, I think it's kind of delicious because I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I remember Paul Heyman looking across the ring and looking at Roman Reigns and I'm editing about his Samoan heritage. And he said, and I quote, you're barely two generations removed from cannibalism. Uh, I'll never forget that line. That's a great Paul Heyman line. And here he is. I think he's doing an excellent job. He's doing great. And, uh, this thing, this whole thing gets cut off by something even better. Sami Zayn jumps Roman Reigns, and this looks like a freaking bar fight. Right, and the crowd just popped. And it looked great. The brawl itself looked great. Roman and yeah. Sami kick the hell out of each other. Sami chases him off with a chair. Um, Sami hit one of the best spears I've ever seen a smaller guy hit on a bigger guy. Right. I, that spear looked fantastic. And Roman sold it. He sold the crap out of it. Um, and then we got uh, Jimmy and Solo. Jimmy and Solo jumped in, and it looked like that Solo was going to do that move with the jump into him with the chair around Sammy's neck. Roman right. just puts his hand on him and says, uh-uh. And then we got one of those Roman things where he talks without a microphone in his hand, but you can hear what he's saying. And I swear right. Roman's the only one that does this, but I'm pretty sure Roman's the only one that can do this. Uh, he uh, gives Sammy what he wants, and what Sammy wants is a match for the Universal title, and he's going to get it at the Elimination Chamber. I fully right. expect this match to be match of the year caliber great. Yes. This, I'm looking forward to it. This segment that ended the show carried the show. Because before this, this show sucked. It was definitely it was definitely the best part of it. It was the best way to end the show. Was this the I think this was the best promo segment of the week across all three shows. Yes, definitely. But that does not surprise me, considering who's involved. Uh, I think Cody Rhodes made a good point in the press conference after the Royal Rumble on Saturday. Uh, when he said that Roman Reigns is the best wrestler in the world, and I think there might be some truth to that. Uh, I think yes. I think Roman might actually be, like, one of the best in the world and is certainly one of the best storytellers in wrestling right now. Um, so next week it gets announced that we are getting the Usos versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet. We're also getting a four-way between Rey Mysterio, Karrion Cross, Madcap Moss, and Santos Escobar for the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. Right. Who do you think uh, would be the best matchup with Gunther? Probably Santos Escobar. Or Karrion. I mean, I I don't think Karrion's that great, but I think Gunther could carry You have a good him. match with him. But we're only two weeks away from the Elimination Chambers crazy is that right is... two weeks from uh saturday yep i believe two weeks from yesterday as this show goes up correct overall a very fun few shows this week except for smackdown i thought smackdown was the worst show of the week uh by far uh what did you I think aew was the best what did what was your favorite show was it aew this week yeah it would be dynamite and then uh the least favorite show for me is 
I agree. Dynamite was the best show. I think, I think it was close between Dynamite and Raw because I thought Raw was better than usual, but it was. But I still would pick that as my least favorite just because it's three hours. Well, SmackDown's my least favorite because I thought SmackDown felt like it was three hours tonight. Yeah, it was kind of a slog, wasn't it? Um, but I'd say uh, Dynamite, although not perfect, you know, uh, Moxley versus Page was good. Kestia versus uh, uh, Cage. Right. I, I, here's my thing with all three shows this week, and more specifically, Raw, because it's the one with the most of problem. Some of these promo segments on all three of these shows, all three shows had it, but just bad promo segments all across the board. Yep. Um, the best promo of the week goes to Roman Reigns. <laughs> and in my opinion, at least the best match of the week was, uh, well, it was a toss up, but I gave it to uh, Danielson and Thatcher. Yes. I'm looking forward to seeing more Timothy Thatcher. I don't think we are. I think this was a one-off, but I hope we do. Uh, the... Well, it's too bad that they've got so many stars that, are, that really, really good wrestlers that do these one-off matches in AEW, and they've got so many people under contract that I don't give a damn about. <laughs> well, I would not object to Thatcher uh, being full-time, but you know, they just signed Bandito, who is fantastic, and he did not come cheap. Um, well, uh, also, I read that, uh, I forget what his name he's using now, but Fandango. Johnny Curtis, whatever you want to call him. Yes. I don't, be, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Did they sign him? I had read that, that they had signed him, yes. Why? <laughs> exactly. That's what I, I was thinking, Why? I have no desire to see that. Uh, Isn't it amazing how over he was at first, Fandango? Whoever would have thought. His song was over. He was not over. I thought he had like a good match with Jericho at WrestleMania that one year, though. That's right. Remember he beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania? Yes, he did. I'll never forget that. I thought that was weird. Which was very, very strange to me. I, I don't get it with that, but... Vince liked him. All right. Well, hey, what a lot 22. Oh, the shirt's fading in the background there. Oh, sorry. There we go. Yeah, that's the same shirt I was wearing uh, last week. Yes, lot 22 sellers. We'll check it out on eBay. Uh, lots of interesting stuff for sale. I'm not I'm, just t-shirts, but all sorts of interesting things. And uh, in a few months, I hope we will have two marks and a spark merch. I hope. Yes. Uh, that's not going to be right away. Well, also, where uh, we get now, uh, there's T-shirts available for Uncle Russ's comic shop. They will be uh, some merch coming for this show, also coming I, soon. I hope so. Uh, that is the idea. Um, I don't have an exact timeline on that because I don't actually know. I know it's coming. I just don't know when. And I know there's some people already asking about that. So. That's going to pretty much do it for the show this week, folks. Um, right. Give us some feedback. Yes, let please. Us know uh, let us know in the like, comments. What you don't like. 
Also, tell us what your favorite show of the week was and what your least favorite was, because uh, I think we're going to get some opinions on that one. And I think right. I think I know what everybody's least favorite show is going to be. I think it's going to be SmackDown. Uh, but, I mean, you can't even call SmackDown a bad show just because Roman just... Billing it. That guy is so good. Yes. That guy is just on another planet with his talent but let's send these happy people home russ thank you guys so much for joining us we will see you guys right back here next sunday on two marks and a spark i'm gonna be in a new studio next week so you're not gonna be able to see it it's gonna be the same okay new background but i will be in a new location next week so if you notice different lighting or different anything i'm in a different spot so and i'll be in a different state so that'll be fun (laughs) right i just hope the internet works properly down there because i'm gonna be in the middle yeah that's that's the main thing that's the only thing i worry about because the town where i live here small town iowa on the side of town i live on sometimes the internet is hit and miss and it is entirely possible at some time in the future i won't be able to do this simply because of that or you know we'll have to cut and paste or whatever but that's right thank you guys so much for joining us my name is ben that's uncle russ it's Everybody been a have pleasure. a week. Everybody enjoy your wrestling. Russ, thank you for joining me as always. Thank you, Ben. Be sure to like, have comment, subscribe. Everybody have a good week. We'll see you next time.